circle, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, a.k.a. Berkeley. And with the election coming up in just four days, we thought we would offer some good advice, resources, and some music to get you in the mood to do some democracy. Yeah. On tonight's show, we'll hear from the League of Women Voters on some of the state prop propositions, including 15, 21, 22, and 23. Then we'll talk about the importance of third parties in a democracy with Barry Hermanson. Barry writes for the SF Bayview. He recently penned an article titled, Voting Against, Not For a Candidate. We'll also hear from a pair of graduate apprentices and some of their thoughts on voting and politics in 2020. All that and some great music tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts tonight, Natalie Kilmer. And I am Prevon Franklin. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. what they say when they see me but in reality i think they really want to be me oh, no. good politics that's up to no good claiming they sincere but really exploiting our hood oh, no. all the masses really so silly to re-elect the racist redneck hillbilly oh, no. cracking a's created to erase me modern day overseers Coming up from nothing to something Bubbling my dollars like Trump Because I hear the trumpets oh, no. I watch misogynists mentally masturbate with isms Not knowing removing God from your thinking oh, Is what they want you no. to do As they replace it as themselves As we delve into the slice pod To see by the blue sky The devil blinds the eye to the truth But I'm gonna shine like a diamond Of freshly polished black boots A fact truth constantly at war with the inner four And doing through all this Even if all y'all quit I'm gonna bust what I bust and spit what I think is tight to we got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state higher. Oh, no. We got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state higher. Oh, no. We got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state higher. Oh, no. Hurricanes come from slave castles. No planes, nuke weapons of wars can't tackle. Oh, they say it's just a sign of the time Hating envious snakes trying to shine Stop my climb, but by what means We share the same dreams Now it seems distance is needed Cause of your wicked schemes Oh no, we got this track on fire And at the same time Raise your mental state higher Oh no, we got this track on fire And at the same time Raise your mental state higher Oh no, we got this track on fire And at the 
the same time, raise your mental state high. Dars, splendidly glazed, blended with player phrases, bent pages, fat backwoods mixed with purple hazes, ageless rhymes, burns, but eternally smooth grooves like foods to the mind, improve with the time, overt and sublime, I'm more than you can hang with or express it, this language investing in it is wise, universal like the star in the crescent, it's eye and eye on, music is late like bygones, fly ons like ships in the night, loose lips who talk but when it's time for the fight, you know I'm right, they running fright. Oh, no, we got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state high. Oh, no, we got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state high. Oh, no, we got this track on fire, and at the same time, raise your mental state high. Oh, no, we're wicked planning, thinking we forgot, like misogynist is marinating inside of the pot. Oh, no, they want a nigga jail breaking rocks behind bars and sales while privatizing the stocks no, no. we never running from the police fearing no one but Allah and don't have to carry heat oh, no. I know you saying that this is again crazy but all you lip professing hypocrites will never face oh, no. we got this track on fire and at the same time raise your mental state high oh, no. we got this track on fire and at the same time raise your mental state high oh, no. we got this track on Welcome back. That was Oh No by The Dark One, a.k.a. Kedar Akbar. And that was actually from the CD Redemption, Hip Hop United for Tookie Williams. But hey, we feel it relates to today. And again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We are your hosts tonight. I'm Free Will and Franklin. And Natalie Kilmer. And tonight we are counting down to Election Day 2020, catastrophe or mega disaster. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's my interpretation. Um, I personally feel I don't have much of a choice that truly represents me this year. And one thing that really gets me the most is that Trump supporters, they are excited about their pick. They're fired up. They love the man. And... To me personally, I feel the Dems by going with Joe Biden lost the chance for excitement that they would have had if they would have went with the Bernie Sanders pick. And sure, I'm sure some people are fired up about Joe, but I just don't see the excitement that I feel like I would see around Bernie Sanders. What about you, Natalie? Do you feel like you're more excited about Tuesday coming up or do you feel more anxious like me because I'm I'm feeling pretty anxious about what's going to happen. Yeah, I feel anxious also. I also am just excited to get this show on the road and kind of be on the other side of it. And I guess, yeah, I really like the quote that I've been seeing. Um, I'm not sure who it's by, but that voting, it's not like we're married to it. It's more like public transport. So we're not waiting on the one who's absolutely perfect. We're just getting on the bus um, that's going to take us closest to our desired destination all right yeah i feel like that's a good analogy because yeah even if biden wins it's up to the people to hold them accountable and if we have a lack of choices when somebody gets in no matter who it is we have to demand what we the people want well let's move on because speaking of a lack of choices many people may not even know that there actually are up to eight more candidates running for president yes even a woman um, Natalie, do you know any third-party candidates by name? 
Um, I had to look it up. I mean, I always liked the Green Party, but I had to look it up. I saw Howie Hawkins is running for president with Angela Walker as VP. Yeah, and I think you're not alone, and we're not alone in this problem of not knowing many of the other candidates because we basically only get to hear from two major candidates, the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, third parties sometimes have been called spoilers or a wasted vote, even in some cases a vote for Trump. But third parties are an important uh, part of a healthy democracy. So to find out more about third parties, I spoke with Barry Hermanson, and Barry is a writer for the SF Bayview and a Green Party activist. He recently wrote an article titled Voting Against, Not for a Candidate. Let's check it out. All right. Welcome, Barry, to Full Circle on KPFA. How you doing tonight? Very, very good. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming on. And we'll just jump right into it. Um, we're talking about third parties tonight, and many people probably can't name a third party, let alone a third party candidate. Why are third parties important, Barry, in general terms? What do they do for us, uh, the people and our politics? Well, very generally, they broaden the debate. Um, I, I, my view of what we have now with dominating the Republicans and Democrats dominated the discussion uh, nationally, it's essentially two wings of Wall Street and, and the people are not being represented. And one big area where that does show and we can see similarities in the, the two parties and the big differences uh, with third party candidates is healthcare. People like the Party for Socialism and Liberation, or what they call Peace and Freedom Party here in California, candidate Gloria Lariva is calling for the creation of a completely free and public health care system, also to make education free and cancel all student debt. This is not even talked about between Trump and Biden. We're stuck with a for-profit non-choice, I would call it and outrageous higher education costs. Talk about our lack of choice here. Well, I, yes, I've written a lot about healthcare um, and it's, I've been a candidate uh, several times and uh, healthcare has been a, a dominant uh, theme. Um, it is, I, I believe we don't have a system like 35 other countries have. Uh, they cover every single person and the average cost is about half per capita of what we spend in this country. And in this country, we have tens of millions who do not have uh, insurance uh, and many more who have insurance who cannot even afford to use it uh, because of the co-pays and deductibles. And it's, it's um, I, you know, campaign donations from the for-profit health industry uh, to politicians keep us in this situation. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and, and politicians in Washington and Sacramento are silent about trying to provide better health care. Yeah, while we're talking about this, this is not a Republican or Democrat thing. It's both. It's a U.S. system of government without third party voices. And this is also true in military spending. Um, other parties are also calling for the closure of military bases in, uh, in occupied lands. And 
you know, we have, I think, over 600 or 800 military bases spread across the planet. Um, the U.S. Uh, military budget is the largest budget in the, on the planet with uh, dwarfing many other countries combined. Uh, talk about the, the same thing happening here in military spending and what we could do with maybe um, one year or even half of a year of military budgeting for our people. Well, it's, it's true. And it seems like uh, Republicans and Democrats um, uh, in Washington, um, they actually compete against each other to increase spending. They, they want to prove how supportive they are of the military. Well, yeah, I support our troops too. I just don't support the politicians that, that send them continually into harm's way. And, you know, it's imperialism all around the world uh, and making the world safe for our corporations to do trade. And, and uh, you know, it's and our taxpayers are paying for it. Our corporations should be paying for, for this kind of protection that they're getting. And what do you see we could do with that money, you know, that money that we're spending all over the world? What could that do at home? Well, healthcare, education, um, et cetera. It's, I mean, here in California, um, I went to college, straight through college, graduating from Cal State LA, um, a state university, and there was no tuition when I graduated back in 1972. Healthcare, uh, it, you know, it's not, healthcare is never free. We all have to contribute to it, but at the point of service, it should be free so that you don't have to avoid healthcare because you can't, uh, you don't have money in your pocket. There yeah. are other ways to finance this. And, uh, you know, th this incredible amount of infrastructure in this country is, is falling apart because we're spending so much on military spending. And I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. It's, it, it makes no fiscal sense to be continuing to do this. And that's the voice of my guest tonight, Barry Hermanson, and he's a Green Party activist and a writer for the San Francisco Bayview. You could find his articles under the News and Views National section. And we're talking about third parties and what they do for us and you know why they're not included is what we're about to get into. So um, Tell us about why and how third parties are continuously kept out of debates and mainstream media. Even here, KPFA, uh, supposedly a progressive bastion of lefty politics, third parties are virtually nowhere to be found. What is going on um, with the lack of coverage of third parties, Barry? Well, I can't speak for uh, Republican areas of the country, but uh, in definitely Democratic areas of the country, there's a concerted effort by the Democratic Party uh, to uh, actually squash, uh, to, to get, make it extremely difficult um, all across the country uh, for our candidates to actually be on the ballot, to have for uh, the Green Party, for instance, to actually even have ballot status. Um, I'm, Greens were thrown off the ballot in several states just because um, uh, they, Democrats were afraid um, that these states, there were like three states that Hillary lost very narrowly to Trump in 2016. And so Democrats worked to force us off the ballot in those states 
And I, I'm saying, rather than trying just to do that sort of action and hope that the, the people who now only have those two choices, why not allow ranked choice voting? And actually, why not actually talk to voters who far more voters who stayed home because they just didn't feel it was get up, they're worthwhile to get up and, and go and vote. So it's, it's, we need additional parties for a wider debate. Ranked choice voting, which is happening in more and more places all across the country, allows people really to make a choice and to rank candidates. It's very easy to do if there's three candidates on the ballot. Well, I can pick, this is my first choice and this is my second choice or my third choice. And, and or, or maybe only list my first choice if I wanted to, but it leaves an option. So there's no more spoiler uh, a problem that Democrats complain about and again that, and again and again. And that's what so, we're about to talk about is the spoiler effect. But before we do, let me just really quick get you to um, tell us, are third party politics and parties important to a healthy democracy? Absolutely. I, you know, I think you see uh, examples of it in other countries around the world. Yes, they have parliamentary uh, systems of government, but it, it means that, uh, uh, you know, if you don't have a clear majority with your own party, you've got to do some negotiation with other people in other parties to be able to establish a government or establish a legislative agenda. And I think that's healthy. I mean, that's what politics is. It's a give and take negotiation. Definitely. And I, I agree. I think the third party needs to be there to expand that debate. Well, um, when speaking of voting third party politics in a presidential election, now I'm going to add this caveat, especially in a year like this, which seems to always be the catchphrase. There is a lot of talk about what you just mentioned, a spoiler vote or a wasted vote. This year, a third party vote could be considered a vote for Trump or a vote for Biden, depending on your preference and your location, of course. Talk about the spoiler terminology and the actual importance of voting third party if we ever expect to have a real third party contender. You know, I know you're going to include a, a link uh, to a recent article that I wrote. Um, um, if you're in a state where uh, there is no other choice except for uh, the Democrat and Republican candidate. I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm suggesting that people vote against rather than for a candidate. It is, it's the, the current occupant of the White House has to go, no question. And why has it actually come to this? It seems like the choices every year get worse. And it, it's, <laughs> in California, not a problem. It's going to go Democratic. There's so many people registered Democrat in this. It's not a swing state. And so everyone is absolutely, you want to vote peace and freedom. Uh, you want to vote Green Party. Uh, it is, you should do that. It's important to register your opinion about who should be president and the type of policies uh, we we need to be able to move forward in this country. And talk about the message that we try to send when we vote third party. How could we 
actually develop third party politics that are contenders if no one if everyone's like scared to vote because they're going to lose their vote or maybe they don't even know um, a third party exists, you know, right now. It's difficult, uh, you know, without public financing of elections, um, it's very difficult for a third party candidate to uh, actually get a message out and to be able to um, uh, inform people of, of the party, uh, what, what we stand for, um, uh, you know, in other countries, uh, they don't have, they don't allow for uh, extensive uh, uh, campaigning. Uh, it's all uh, no private money in it, uh, very limited uh, campaign time. Uh, uh, everybody gets access to the same media. And this would be a very, very fair way of actually conducting elections without having, essentially you've got, you know, millionaires and billionaires who are buying elections. Um, uh, it, it's, it, it's insane. Yeah, and this comes with the Citizens United, I'm taking it, where the dark money has been um, able to be contributed without having to reveal <laughs> who is contributing that money. Well, you know, we have an example here, really egregious example. Well, of course, in San Francisco, you've got some billionaires that are, that are dumping literally millions of dollars uh, into campaigns in San Francisco to influence the votes. But there was one in, in the sports section of all places recently, Jed York uh, contributed about $3 million to, um, uh, to oppose specific candidates uh, down in Santa Clara. This is a town of about 130,000 people. That's an enormous amount of money to try to influence voters. And this is perfectly legal in this country. I say, no, it should not be. Money is not speech. Definitely. And we need to keep that um, in mind all the time. Well, again, uh, that's all we have time for tonight. My guest has been Barry Hermanson. He is a regular contributor to the SF Bayview. You can find his articles under the National News and Views section of the SF Bayview website. And we will, of, co of course, post a link to his article voting against not for a candidate on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. And also, of course, a link to the SF Bayview. Barry, thanks for joining us tonight on Pull Circle. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's important to keep the word out about third parties, and hopefully one day we'll have a, a healthy democracy with many parties. Yes, I hope. Yes, That's what definitely. I'm working for. Good, good. And everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Full Circle on KPFA right after this.
Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA. And that song you just heard was Red, White, and Blues by the one and only Guapule. And we are your host tonight. I am Prewell and Franklin. And I'm Natalie Kilmer. And before the break, Franklin was speaking with writer and Green Party activist Barry Hermanson. He writes regularly for the SF Bayview. And we will link one of his latest articles, Voting Against Not For a Candidate, on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show. Now we're going to move on to hear from one more of our graduate apprentices, production consultant Joy Moore. Here she shares her feelings about being part of this particular democracy, American democracy. We, the people, and our democracy. We've all heard these phrases and believed that this country belongs to and is governed by we, the people of the United States. And our Constitution says, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States. I believe these words were true until I was about 12 or 13 years old. This country, U.S., us, has never been a democracy for me and mine and many, many others. All of us have been taught we live in a free country. I haven't. My family hasn't. Billions over 600 years have not. When we use the phrase, we the people, it means all of us, even those who don't look like us, think like us, or even hate and despise us. It includes those who oppose and exploit us. They are also of the we. The language in the Constitution and the words we use are so important. I believe the only way we can begin to change the cruel inequities and divisions within our society is to change the language of race we use that divides us. We are all part of one race, the human race. There are no white, red, black, or yellow people. We're all shades of brown. Freedom, justice, and equality does not exist here in the U.S. for all of us. It never has. I believe the language in the preamble to the Constitution to be a lie. Propaganda crafted by European colonizers who decimated a nation of people and stole their home and land and my forebears from their home and land. But because most of us were taught we are all part of a free and democratic society, and many of us did and still do believe that, then it becomes incumbent upon all of us to make these words true and manifest in our society for all of us. There are many things we all can and must do to make true the assertions in the Constitution. Vote, run for office, protest, support people who truly represent you and promote democracy, justice, and equality, especially right now, and continuing beyond the upcoming election, whatever the outcome. The two-party system has not served us well, probably because both parties are dominated by the wealthy who hoard power through capitalism, but that's a subject for another time. 
In this election season of turmoil, abuse of power, rampant corruption, greed and disregard for our stated democratic principles, we must, all of us must, exercise our right to vote at the very least. But I also ask now that we all first be mindful of the fact that we must change the way we think about ourselves and each other. We are one. All 300 million plus one nation, 7.5 billion plus one planet. Like it or not, we are all of us, the people. One race, human. Let's think this way. Let's act this way. Let's love. Let's live this way. One earth, one people. Tuesday, November 4th, vote for all of us. And stay woke. Si se puede. Welcome back, everyone, to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA, also KPFA.org. We are your host tonight. Natalie Kilmer. Yeah, and Free Will and Franklin. And that song you just heard was We Are One by Frankie Beverly and Mays. And it was accompanied by a commentary from our own graduate apprentice and production consultant, Joy Moore. And I think Joy made a great point, and that is we have to do what we need to do for a better world, for our future generation, uh, for our future generations. And I also believe that includes voting. Yeah, I think voting is important. Uh, I always felt like it was something that I'm socially contracted to do, to not let this democracy fall apart yeah i gotta you, do my part you have to participate it's a participatory thing yeah up next we'll hear from the league of women voters about some of the propositions on the ballot so if you haven't voted yet and are unsure about some of these complicated and important issues down the ballot then check out these breakdowns of props 15 21 22 and 23. hello i'm regina betis with the league of women voters berkeley albany emeryville with Ruby McDonald, who is the president of the League of Women Voters, Berkeley, Albany, Emeryville. 
And we at the League are very interested in presenting unbiased pros and cons about the state ballot measures. We do not endorse candidates. We do not oppose certain measures. We um, are the education arm for the League. We also do some advocacy. So we are the Education Voter Services, and we're going to cover four propositions, 15, 21, 22, and 23. Ruby will begin. Okay. So uh, my first one is Prop 15, or Schools and Communities First, also known as the Commercial Property Tax Measure because it changes the way commercial property is assessed, particularly the largest commercial property. Uh, it, it will be assessed based on its current market value if Prop 15 passes, not on the original purchase price that owners paid for this property. So this, though, the calculation of the property taxes based on the original purchase price is the way all property currently is assessed in California thanks to the old Prop 13 of more than 40 years ago. Now it's seen that that has had some really bad effects, taking away a lot of revenue for schools and local communities. And that's what Prop 15 is trying to restore and very important in this time, especially of the pandemic. So it will not affect homeowners, renters, small business property owners, or agricultural property owners, only large commercial property owners. And this will bring in up to $12 billion in new revenue for schools and local communities, 40% for schools and 60% for local community services. One extra thing I'd like to add is that people are continuously afraid that if they pass Prop 15, then the homeowner's protection will go away. It will not. This proposition is backed by California teachers, by unions, who are, you know, at least median income folks and not wanting to give up their protections either. So that's Prop 15. So the next one is Prop 23, the kidney dialysis measure. And this one is actually brought by Unions, uh, workers in the kidney dialysis industry who feel that changes are necessary to make kidney dialysis service better in California, where 80,000 people uh, rely for um, their lives on having kidney dialysis because of chronic kidney disease. And they would like to see a doctor on site all the time. It's not true now. Uh, they would like to see infections and so forth recorded with California Public Health. And they want to be sure that 
kidney dialysis centers, three-fourths of which are owned by for-profit companies, will not close because, of course, patients in those areas, mostly rural or low-income folks, uh, people of color, are very dependent on those centers staying open. And so this would be a provision that they cannot close. So those are the two that I have been assigned to talk about. Regina can take over. Okay, we have Proposition 21 on rent control. Proposition 21 expands local government's authority to enact rent control on residential property. So Prop 15 dealt with commercial property. This deals with residential property. So in 1995, legislators passed the Costa-Hawkins Act, which prohibited rent control on housing built after 1995, with the exception of single-family homes. Um, Then later, January 2020, another bill, Assembly Bill 1482, was passed to limit rent increases for housing greater than 15 years old. They could increase rent 5 to 10% annually, depending on inflation. So what would Prop 21 do? Prop 21 would allow local jurisdictions to enact rent control if they wish. And the local limits on rent increases could differ from what the statewide limit is. And here it could apply to properties more than 15 years old, with the exception, again, of single-family homes owned by landlords who only own one or two properties. Landlords could increase rent when a tenant leaves by 15% over three years. And another thing about this measure, it said it continues to allow landlords to receive a fair rate of return. So the supporters say even small increases in rent could force families into homelessness. Opponents say this may stop new housing from being built. Landlords may decide to sell their rental properties so there would be less rentals available. So what does a yes mean? Cities and counties could enact rent control if they decide. A no means that the state law would remain in effect and then local jurisdictions could not expand their rent control. Of course, we know Berkeley and Albany, uh, Oakland have rent control. These, there are cities that do have rent control already, and that could be expanded. So Proposition 22, this exempts app-based transportation and delivery companies from providing employee benefits to certain drivers. So currently, Assembly Bill AB5 was passed in 2019, and that was requiring the rideshare and delivery companies like Lyft, Uber, and DoorDash to categorize their workers as employees instead of independent contractors. So their rideshare and delivery companies refused to comply and brought a lawsuit. So what would Prop 22 do? This is the yes on Prop 22. Drivers could remain classified as independent contractors. Some new benefits would be provided, some additional security, background checks. Uh, It would prohibit more than 12 hours in a 24-hour day for driving. 
Prop 22 would require to pay 20% over the minimum wage in their locale. So the supporters say by a four to one margin, 80%, app-based drivers like it the way it is. They have more flexibility with their time. I don't know where that study is from, but that's what supporters say. Supporters say there'll be lower costs for the customers and there'll be increased company profits. The opponents of this measure say 70% of the drivers work 30 hours per week and they deserve benefits such as overtime, unemployment insurance, and workers' compensation. So a yes vote means that the app-based rideshare and delivery companies could hire drivers as independent contractors, keeping things as they are. A no vote means that AB5 would stand depending on the court case, and apparently the appeal was just lost recently. So that covers four of the state propositions that we feel there is the most interest in and those that also seem to be quite close in terms of a decision that will be made November 3rd. There are terrific resources. It really helps sometimes to know who is supporting a measure, how much money is going towards a measure, and votersedge.org is a very good resource. You can just type in your zip code and get your local measures as well. The League of Women Voters California, the website lwvc.org, has pros and cons and lots of other good information, as well as our local league, lwvbae.org. There's an easy voter guide that is in Spanish, uh, Chinese. It's, it's in a number, like four or five languages. And that's also on the League of Women Voters.org website or the easyvoterguide.org. You also can find videos that are in Spanish from the League of Women Voters in San Diego. I found that at the end of votersedge.org as well. And it's, it's never an easy ballot. It's always challenging, but there's a lot of information out there to help one decide and try to make their best voting decision. We really would like to see people using resources like votersedge.org and not rely so much on uh, TV commercials that only last a minute and maybe don't tell the whole story. And it's really a test of trying to find out what is true in the best sense. It's not easy. And of course, there are 12 propositions. <laughs> this is... Uh, just four. So there's a lot of learning to be done. And some people decide to just take the advice of a certain slate and they say, you know, that's a group I agree with. They go ahead. And others really like to explore and research on their own and really make their own decision. And it's up to each voter. Thank you so much. And I'll see you at the drop-off boxes or the mailboxes, or at the polls. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and kpfa.org. We were just listening to the League of Women Voters and their breakdown of some of the propositions on the 2020 ballot. 
And remember, the League of Women Voters is one of many resources available to you to help understand these issues on the ballot. Other resources include the League of Pissed Off Voters, also Voters Edge, and even our own KPFA.org has resources on the front page. Also, if you feel you are experiencing voter intimidation or are feeling like something just isn't right at your polling place, you can call the Nonpartisan Election Protection Hotline at 1-866-OUR-VOTE. That's 1-866-OUR-VOTE. Also, another reminder, we'll have links to these and other available resources on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. Well, we are getting close to the end of tonight's show, but we do have one more thoughtful piece to share with you tonight. This is coming to you from last week's host and graduate apprentice, Bernard Henderson. I am no longer voting for any more stupid white men. Bernard Henderson, Full Circle, KPFA. On March 15, 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson called upon Congress to create the Voting Rights Act. He said, in our system, the first and most vital of all rights is the right to vote. Jefferson described it as the ark of our safety. It is for the exercise of this right that all other rights flow. There is no constitutional issue here. The command of the Constitution is plain. There is no moral issue. It is wrong, deadly wrong, to deny any of your fellow Americans the right to vote in this country. There is no issue of states' rights or national rights. There is only the struggle for human rights. I have not the slightest doubt what will be your answer. But the last time a president sent a civil rights bill to the Congress, it contained a provision to protect voting rights in federal elections. That civil rights bill was passed after eight long months of debate. And when that bill came to my desk from the Congress for my signature, the heart of the voting provision had been eliminated. This time, on this issue, there must be no delay or no hesitation or no compromise with our purpose. We cannot, we must not refuse to protect the right of every American to vote in every election that he may desire to participate in. And we ought not, and we cannot, and we must not wait another eight months before we get a bill. We have already waited a hundred years and more, and the time for waiting is gone. So I ask you to join me in working long hours, nights, and weekends if necessary to pass this bill. And I don't make that request lightly. Far from the window where I sit with the problems of our country, 
I recognize that from outside this chamber is the outraged conscience of a nation, the grave concern of many nations, and the harsh judgment of history on our acts. But even if we pass this bill, the battle will not be over. What happened in Selma is part of a far larger movement which reaches into every section and state of America. It is the effort of American Negroes to secure for themselves the full blessings of American life. Their cause must be our cause too, because it's not just Negroes, but really it's all of us who must overcome the crippling legacy of bigotry and injustice, and we shall overcome. The voting right bill was passed in the U.S. Senate by 77 to 19 vote on May 26, 1965. After debating the bill for more than a month, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the bill by a vote of 333 to 85 on July 9th. The Voting Rights Act, signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson on August 6, 1965, aimed to overcome legal barriers at the state and local levels that prevented African Americans from exercising their right to vote, as guaranteed under the 15th Amendment to the United States. After the Civil War, the 15th Amendment, rectified in 1870, prohibited states from denying a male citizen the right to vote based on the race, color, and previous conditions of servitude. Nevertheless, in the ensuing decades, various discriminatory practices were used to prevent African Americans, particularly those in the South, from exercising their right to vote. Born November 1965, the same year the Voting Rights Act was signed into law. 1984, I was 19 years old when I first voted for Walter Mondale because he was the Democratic candidate. He lost to Ronald Reagan. The only time my vote counted was in 2009 and 2013 when I voted for Barack Obama and he won. White men have been running this country with no regard to black people. Until we can solve the problem we have with the killing of black men, women, and children at the hands of the police, I will not be voting for any more stupid white men in any United States presidential election. I'm Bernard Henderson, Full Circle, KPFA. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for links related to tonight's show. Special thanks to contributing producers tonight, graduate apprentices Bernard Henderson and Joy Moore. Also, a big shout out to our executive producer, Miss M, our technical director, that's me, Freeville and Franklin, hey. And I have also been one of your hosts tonight, along with Natalie Kilmer, and Joy Moore is our production consultant. Um, Natalie, it's been great to host with you tonight. Um, I'm glad we got to do this. Me too. Thanks, Frank.
All right, everyone out there, thanks for listening tonight. And everyone, remember to please protect your health and your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA because up next is La Onda Bajita. Peace. And to take us out, this is Arrest the President by Raw Dog. Good night. Arrest the president now, sing that song. Arrest the president, he's the gunslinger. Arrest the president, he's the drug dealer. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president, guns are trading. He's the outlaw on these pavements. Kids get cuffed just for misbehaving. In the White House, guns are trading. Some go jail because there's guns are blazing. Up in Parliament, guns are trading. Some choose crime as an occupation. They sell guns to destroy a nation. Who's the criminal? Where's the justice? We don't trust no judges' judgments. On these front lines, losing patience. Who protects us from their invasions? We protect us, holding corners. Police ain't welcome across the borders. Arrest the president. He's the gangster, deep in scandals, dirty bankster Why harass me? I'm just struggling Making something out of nothing It's the system, arrest the president We're the victims, the world's the evidence Arrest the president He's the gunslinger Arrest the president He's the arms dealer Arrest the president Arrest the president Can't stand how our leaders lie I make power moves they justify We're half-baked stories that people buy It's all just been making us comply With the plans of the West, a man that's so greedy So self-righteous and so full of Talking about the rule of law and democracy The president's precedent is bare hypocrisy Teaching the way of the gun This is how the West was won Why should we believe a word of it? The media's biased and Bush is murderous I don't want them policing me I didn't vote for your racist thievery I lose hope cause you bring out the beast in me I feel the winds are changed Blow easterly and corruption's all around us. American elections rigged the morality flounders. You can't tell me this shit, so don't even attempt it. Millions like me feel content. Hating bin Laden, I feel exempt. Nothing's been proven to any extent. We resent. You think we're meant to swallow lies when we know you're